You are listening to the Kelly Confidential Podcast with Kelly Wilkes. This is episode two. Welcome to the Kelly Confidential Podcast where we talk about negotiation essentials and those crucial conversations empowering extraordinary women. Real women, real stories. Let's jump in. Hi and welcome friends. You are listening to episode two of the Kelly Confidential Show and this week we are covering my top 10 things you should negotiate every time. But because we've just come off of celebrating the holidays, I've actually renamed it the 12 Days of Christmas with 12 Money-Saving Negotiating Tips. I often start my courses talking about salaries. Awkward, right? Well, not so much. The once taboo topic is now something people want to talk about, mainly because the past couple of years have caused most to look critically at how to expand what's in their paycheck. So I'll run through the list and then take a couple specifically to discuss. Ready? Let's jump in. Starting with number one, your salary. Many people find it daunting to counter a job offer. Indeed, only an average of 34% of women will attempt it, despite the fact that 70% of hiring managers are already teed up to pay more, pen in hand, ready to go. So it goes without saying that your salary is the anchor from which all other fruits of your labor are gained your pension, your bonus and your next raise are all linked to your base salary. The same holds true of annual performance reviews. If you know you're worth more, then be worth more and ask for it. Number two, home purchase. Even in a seller's market, you have leverage simply by being in the game. The key is doing your homework and knowing the market in the area you're shopping in. I can't emphasize that enough. It's important that you do your research. Speak with your realtor early, get the details on numbers of buyers interested and the seller's motivation. Do they need to get out quickly or can they take their time? Have their kids grown up there? Do they have an emotional attachment to the house? These are important questions to ask because moving house is probably one of the most stressful and emotional things that families do. And part of the reason for all of that emotion is because they're leaving a place where they have a lot of memories. And for most people, those memories are good memories. So it's important that you ask a bit about the seller's motivation just to understand a little bit more about them. Speed, the right number, and cash will always appeal to any seller but so does telling the realtor how much you love the house and you know your family will be happy there. Studies show that relevant and authentic emotions will help a seller part with their item faster if they like the person. So don't be afraid to gush. And don't be afraid to leave a personalized note accompanying your bid price to tell the sellers a little bit about your family and how much it will mean to them to live in that particular house. If the bids come within single-digit percentage points, that note could be the thing that tips the sale in your favor. But remember, authenticity is key. Don't just put a note together just for the heck of it. You want to actually talk about what it really would mean for you to be in that home. Number three, home rental. 
Very few seem to know that you can haggle over the rate of a rental property. Nothing is off limits if the landlord wants a tenant. A bird in the hand is better than two in the bushes, they say. And it's true. So consider what's important to you. You know, what I call and and what I teach are considered core requirements. So the core requirement in this case would be the rental property. And then everything else around it are considered tradables. So you would, you know, sort of write down what's important to you. This is your core requirement. It has to be in a certain location. It has to be in a certain price point. And then put together a mental list of tradables, or you can put these down on a piece of paper, which is something I do, um, as you're doing the first home visit. So when you go to look at the property, you're going to be walking around the property and you're going to be looking at all of the attributes of that home. So the walls, the location, the state of the garden, the landscaping, um, whether the floors need to be updated or replaced, if the appliances are old, if it's furnished and things like that. If the rent seems high for the quality of the property, it probably is. Start with a lower rate, citing what competing units rent for, and offer a few things. You can offer to move in sooner, stay longer in your lease, or forego the much-needed paint job or new appliances or upgrade to the floors maybe immediately. You can compromise and say we can upgrade the floors after six months or even offer to do some of the maintenance yourself if they provide the materials, all in exchange for a better rate. If they still won't budge on the rate, make sure you produce a fixed list of all the things that you observe during the walkthrough of the things that need to be replaced, updated appliances, painting, carpeting, landscaping, those types of things. And make sure you start there before you sign any lease. Number four, mortgage rates. And this really applies to any credit rate generally. Most lenders have discretion to adjust published rates within a range. If you don't get the rate you've applied for, Look for attractive options to present. So comparable rates from other banks, for example, the length of time you've been with your institution, um, ability to move savings over and improve the offer. And I wouldn't underestimate this. So when you're first applying for the credit, make sure you're being very realistic about what that looks like for you and make sure you're being realistic about what your profile looks like to that lender. Um, These are important things to consider. And if your credit profile is the issue, politely remind the banker that um, with updates, things that might be happening that they're not aware of, such as you might have a new job um, with a higher salary, you might have a raise coming in a couple of months, You might have a second income around the corner from a side hustle, or maybe you've got a partner moving in with you. Persistence in these matters usually pays off, and it demonstrates to the lender that you take your credit seriously. Number five, car purchase. This is another area you should always barter for optimal outcomes, but do your homework. Again, research is your friend. Know the market, know the vehicle, and be prepared to shop elsewhere. And I would say, um, so in the U.S., I think there's a site, Kelly Blue Book, and in the U.K., it's autotrader.co.uk. Both give you options to put in the make and model of the car, including the year, estimated mileage, and so forth. And it will give you an estimated retail value and also a sale value. So if you're selling your car um, and there's a slight differential, 
but both are really great sites. Um, I know for autotrader.co.uk, it also for a small fee, um, it also allows you to um, check the vehicle history, like if it's ever been in an accident, which is super helpful if you're buying um, really any type of older vehicle. Anyway, so do that in advance. And make sure that you always, always have a second viable car you really like. If you become attached to the car that you, you've gone to go see, and you become attached to that car before you even start negotiating, you've lost before you've even signed the purchase agreement. So stay neutral, counter with cash, speed, tradables, such as offering to buy the added warranty in exchange for a better price, etc., if they won't budge, see what they can throw in the deal to sweeten it for you. So on their side, things that you might ask for might be new tires, maybe new footwell carpets, mud flaps, side runners, a pet cage separator. But again, make sure you legitimately have a second car on the list as that will keep you from caving under any pressure the dealer or private seller may apply. And don't be fooled by any dirty tactics. Um, I've attached a list of these and their countermeasures in the show notes, and we'll be covering these in an upcoming episode in greater detail. But, you know, I think you should be realistic and, and also be prepared for the potential for some shenanigans so that you can stay on track with your goal, not theirs. So don't be baited. You have options. You always have options. Knowledge in having options maintains your leverage. And it will give you a sense of control so you can move forward confidently. Number six, furniture purchases. Yep, you can haggle over a sofa. Again, do your homework. Observe the number of customers spending money in the shop. Um, observe what time of day you're there and how full it is. My advice and my experience in this has always been to go later in the day and later in the month when sales folks are more motivated to close a sale. So they will find ways to discount. They will become creative in what they can look at. Um, you might, for example, offer to buy a second piece as part of a set and get the collective set for a lower price um, than what's advertised on the floor. You might ask about um, colors, uh, other colors, um, that may be in the back, um, that may come with a better price. And definitely, if you're prepared to wait, you may be able to get a better discount um, than things that might be um, uh, ready-made. And conversely, if they've got too much stock, um, oftentimes it will just sit and will take up really expensive real estate space in their warehouse. So also ask about that. Ask them if they've got any surplus stock or um, last season stock um, looking for um, a discount. It helps again, if we think about the car analogy, it helps again if you are not dead set on a particular model of, of sofa or key piece of furniture, but that you've got a couple of options in mind. It will just give you again, some leverage and a sense of control so that you can confidently walk away. If you feel like you're not getting a fair price for, for that piece of furniture. Number seven, consumer goods, particularly appliances, jewelry, cell phones, same rule as number six, do your research, know the value of the item as well as the, sh the shop selling it. 
Is it a tiny shop with limited inventory and margin, or is it a bigger shop with a lot of stock, probably um, franchised? Um, all factors yield different conversations, but always be polite, be curious, stay flexible, ask questions. The question asking will help you to build rapport and you'll be surprised what they'll come up with as their best offer. And just apply many of the same tactics that I've already covered uh, earlier on, but those, those few I've just listed will absolutely help you. Home services. This is number eight. Home services such as cleaning services, dog walking, window washing. So top tip here. If it's a service you want with a provider you like, such as your dog walker. So your dog walker is somebody you absolutely need to trust. This isn't somebody that you have an arbitrary relationship with. This is somebody who is responsible for the welfare and safekeeping of of your animal, who is a member of your family. And we call that a value create relationship. It's important that you maintain that good working relationship. So when you are entering into a discount conversation with somebody like a service provider that you really respect, you like, you need to trust, keep it simple. One way is to offer to prepay on a set monthly or quarterly basis in exchange for a discount. And word of mouth is is super powerful. In, in a neighborhood and in a, in a community. So you could also potentially agree an introduction discount for connecting them with your friends and your neighbors. It saves them money in advertising. It saves time and it's a win for both parties. Number nine, home renovations. Research is absolutely vital, vital, vital here. And it's your friend. And alongside at least two realistic quotes, So let me repeat that. You should have at least two realistic quotes for home renovations. Never proceed on a single quote. Your house is just too important for that. Even if you love the contractor, and I hear this a lot with friends who are going through renovations. I've been through it myself twice. Um, Even if you love that person, maybe they came from word of mouth, which is the best way to get them, by the way. Um, If they came from word of mouth, you know, from a friend or a family member or colleague, um, you still must always get at least one more quote, if not two. I prefer to get three because it gives you a real picture of what of what the market is producing in terms of a service provider, in terms of a, a, a construction contractor. And the main reason is because you will always learn something from that next quote whether it's the completion milestones, the payment spread, materials costs, these factors in these quotes will give you a true glimpse of of what's happening here. And then once you've taken those into consideration, it also gives you information that you can ask questions about. And that shows your, your potential builder that you are invested, that you've done your homework, and that you're going to be on the ball with this. And it also helps to build rapport. Once you've decided on the best contractor for the job, negotiate the net package by offering a higher percent upfront, flexing milestone payments and alternatives to the proposed materials. These are things that I recommend. It doesn't mean you have to do them and each home renovation is unique and different. 
And you have to go with what you feel comfortable with based on the research that you've done and the quotes that you have. But my experience has shown me that if you offer to pay a slightly higher amount upfront, flexing your milestone payments, right? So milestone payments are vital in a renovation because it will motivate your builder to complete those committed milestones on time. And it reassures you because you will see evidence of their progress in the form of certain um, stages of renovation completing. It can be stressful, any renovation is, but the late nights educating yourself on materials costs and builder's options and dates to progress, all of those things will pay you back. Absolutely. All right. Number 10, travel upgrades. So these include um, airline upgrades, hotel, car, and full travel packages. Most people book their own travel these days. Um, the advent of the internet, you know, just propelled online travel booking in ways that I don't think anybody ever predicted. But if you're doing an extended trip or a more complex set of connections, it's probably wise to consider a travel company instead of DIY. And often when you're working with a travel company, um, they have a lot of wiggle room to adjust their prices based on outbound travel, less expensive hub cities, and access to new hotels who are going to be hungry to get travelers in. So those are all considerations if you're going through a travel company. If you're booking travel DIY, upgrades are almost always released for purchase immediately before or the day of travel. So stop by the customer counter at the airlines to see if they have any upgrade specials. Or if you have the time, you you, you might be traveling on your own or um, as a couple and you've got a whole wedge of time that you're taking for a trip. Options to take a free upgrade in exchange for relinquishing your seat on a crowded flight um, are a terrific way to to get a more comfortable seat on a, on a plane. And it doesn't even have to be the next day. It could be just later that same day. Um, I've seen that happen time and again. And don't be afraid to ask about that, especially if you're a commuter. Commuters are savvy to this, so take advantage of that. Um, and they oftentimes will give you um, uh, credits that you can also apply to another trip in the future. So it could be a, a real win-win there. The same goes for car rentals. All you have to do is ask. On one of my recent trips, when I was picking up a rental car, I I got there and I wasn't really happy with the car that they had for me. And I asked if they had any nicer SUVs available since I was chauffeuring my, my older mother um, around with me all week. And and I ended up with a fully loaded brand new BMW X5 for the exact same price. No additional cost, nothing. Done. And I was chuffed. My mom was chuffed. And it was just, it was great all around. Just simply by asking and, and being sincere. I was sincere. I shared my problem with them. I asked the question and then that was it. Um, in terms of hotels, the same applies in respective upgrades. And also you, you have the right to change rooms at any time. So if you've booked into a room that doesn't meet expectations as advertised, Simply visit the front desk and just tell them. If the same room range is unavailable, see if they'll upgrade you for free. Failing that, you might 
agree to pay the difference, but ask that the parking fees or the breakfast fees are waived. Um, there's a, really a lot that you can work with here. You just need to be polite, sincere, and ask the question. Don't be afraid to ask the question. The worst thing that can happen is they say no. Um, but if you don't ask, you don't get. That's, that's my motto. Um, number 11, where to sit in a restaurant, especially an expensive restaurant. Um, so my, my family make fun of me for this all the time, but I stand by my standards, especially if it's a more expensive restaurant or if you're there for a special occasion. Dining out in a restaurant can sometimes last a good couple of hours or even more depending on the occasion. So you want the experience to be a comfortable and an enjoyable one and and a memorable one in some cases. So if you're hosting the gathering and the table is in line of maybe the busing station or it's placed next to a chilly or drafty door or it's wedged in where guests can't get in and out easily, simply ask to be moved to another table. But better yet, arrive ahead of time to suss the options and ask to be seated elsewhere if if it's just not a desirable location for your needs, for your family's needs, your party's needs. Great servers will usually ask you when you're first seated, but don't be shy in pointing out a better option if one exists. Smile, be polite, reassure the waiter how much your family enjoys coming to this restaurant, and and just ask the question. And number 12, I've saved the least favorite topic to last, Um, but many, and this is taxes. So number 12 is taxes. Um, (laughs) Many don't know that the IRS and HMRC, um, which is the tax um, revenue and customs for the UK HMRC, both may be amenable to how much you can afford to pay and by when. Something is better than zero. So if you've been landed with a large or unexpected tax bill and, you know, purse strings are tight, um, which it is for a lot of people this time of year, just reach out to them and tell them about your situation and try to agree an affordable payment plan if the sticker price is higher than you expected or it's just too much too soon. Don't assume they won't work with you. And don't get yourself into major debt trying to pay these off. That's that's a very painful way of solving the problem. So again, be polite. It goes a long way and just be sincere and just tell them your situation and they will help. I promise. And that's the end of the, the list of 12. And if you like my show and want to know more, please give me a like and follow us and please join my mail list to find out about upcoming courses, which will be heading your way in the digital realm this spring. Go to kellyconfidential.com and subscribe to our newsletter there. I'm Kelly Wilkes, and you've been listening to Kelly Confidential. Next week, we'll cover why we feel fear in negotiation and what to do about it. And we've got an exciting lineup of guests coming. Check out our show notes below and on kellyconfidential.com.